Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Open World Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Flood. And after a hiatus traveling through Indonesia, I'm back with new episodes, and I'm joined by a couple who has taken their own hiatus for the last year or so. After a freak accident where he broke his neck bodyboarding in South America, he spent six months on rehab, and Riley went on a whim to buy a yacht in Italy and began a journey to circumnavigate the globe. Uh, he was joined by his girlfriend, Elena, and... I have both of them on the call here to share their amazing story with us, and I just want to welcome you both to the show. Thank you. Hi, Danny. Thanks, Mike. So I saw that you guys knew almost nothing about boats or sailing before you did this. You've just kind of been Googling around and learning as you go. I think it's, it's amazing what you're doing. How did you decide to just take a year off and just sail around the whole world? Okay, so um, I bought the boat in uh, Monopoly uh, after basically I just had to, I was saving and saving and saving and um, when it came time to make the decision about buying the boat, it was sort of, I could have spent a little bit more money on um, getting proper training and stuff like that but I sort of decided that I'd rather make the mistakes uh, on my own boat and uh, without someone telling me all the time exactly how to do it all, and I feel like I learned better that like I learned better that way. So that was uh, part of the reason why. And so, just just a backstory: you were working as a miner and um, working on offshore uh, drilling, I think, in, in Australia. Both you and your girlfriend are from Australia, right? Yeah, that's right. We're both from Australia. I'm from Adelaide. And uh, I'm from Perth. Okay. Yeah, so I, I moved over from Adelaide to Western Australia and um, was able to get, uh, I had no money at the time. <clears throat> and a friend of mine said, Oh, well, you can come over if you like, Riley, and you can stay at my place. Um, I can lend you a car and you can stay rent free until you get some work. And um, after not so long, because there was a mining boom in Western Australia, um, I was able to get employment and then was eventually able to move offshore. And uh, I, wor- I worked just in Western Australia, working away for about eight years, maybe just a touch more, um, to uh, save up for the expedition. And um, how, how much did it cost to uh, start the trip? So the boat itself was uh, $100,000 Australian. Okay. Um, but I I believe that I got a fairly good deal at the time because of, oh, there was all sorts happening at the time. There was a global financial crisis and I bought it off um, three Italian guys that were sort of arguing amongst themselves about what to do and they couldn't get business. They were going to run it as a charter. Um, but they couldn't get enough work, and they sold it pretty cheap to me. Um, the engine 
had very low hours and yeah, I I got a bit of a deal there, Danny. I was pretty stoked. <laughs> and so, what did you feel like when you uh, just purchased the ship? Like, did you just feel that the the whole world was open to you? Did you feel like really uh, exhilarated at that point? Scared uh, <laughs> initially. I was I was very concerned that. Um, I'd made the wrong decision and because um, I, I didn't know how to sail at all. So I had a, a friend of mine flew over with me uh, from Australia um, and he and I took the boat out and we we actually, the, the thing that I always tell people is we um, un, unfurled the head sail and we just had so little idea that we didn't even know how to wind it back in, which is just, it's the very first thing that anyone would ever learn on a boat. So we seriously had no idea and we were sort of cruising around and learning how to anchor and then I, I was still trying to, I was still fairly young and I was trying to party and, you know, do a, a uh, European trip but on my boat and I've, I've slowly figured out that those two things just uh, don't don't mesh together too well. So... I uh, turned into a more of a sailor, I suppose, than a than a partier on board, and um, yeah, made a lot of mistakes and stuff like that. And then, uh, it was a, so I got the boat in Italy, and then I went down the coast of Croatia, and then I went to Greece and met Elena. So when you started, uh, were you alone, and, and where did when did you meet Elena? Uh, so, yeah, initially, so I had the boat for about um, nine months before I met Elena. So I'd done one sort of uh, summer in Europe, but I was still I still had a job at the time. So I would uh, fly over to the boat and uh, spend a fair bit of time on the boat and then I'd have to come back and, and fill in for work when I was required. Um, so I had the boat for about nine months and then I met uh, Elena in Greece on the island of Eos. Okay. And um, were you uh, vlogging at that point? I mean, like making videos and uh, crowdfunding? Like I know you're using uh, Patreon.com and uh, you're kind of getting donations for each video you create, right? Yeah, that's right. No, um we, uh, I, I hadn't done anything. I actually, I ran into a video maker or a documentary dude or something on on one of these islands. A like producer. A producer. I, I don't know what he was doing, but he he filmed me for half a day and made this pretty funny movie because he found it. I just invited him on board because he seemed like a nice bloke, and he uh, just took a bit of footage and but. Yeah, we, so that, we did put that up on the internet, but to answer your question, no, I hadn't done any sort of blogging or vlogging or anything like that. I'd, um, I'd just... Uh... It was all me, Danny. I'm the, uh, I'm the genius here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 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 No, that is correct. That's, uh, it's all been Elena's doing. She's the, uh, the genius behind it, as she just said. And has that helped you to uh, quit your job since you started uh, vlogging? Has it supported, been supporting you guys? Do you want this one or am I going to talk about it? Yeah, we um, 
just recently it's really taken off. So um, probably in about the last two months we've we've started to really sit up and pay attention and um, push and try and get ourselves on the media and um, we've oh, – did you have an Instagram already? Or, yeah. We've, and we're like – trying to do things on Instagram and Facebook and now I've got a website up and running and um, it is actually looking like we should be able to uh, keep going. But before that, I was just living off money that I'd saved up working mm. away. And that's almost gone now. But um, Well, it's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it looks like now with what we've got off Patreon, people donating money per video, it's just uh, recently sort of rocketed uh through the roof people are so generous and they want to see more movies so um yeah we've taken this time uh for hurricane season back in australia to really focus on what we're sort of doing with sailing the vagabond on the internet and um yeah and and it is a donation but like it's also it's elena's job so she spends hours and hours filming and then going through the the videos and stuff and pulling out the good bits and then you know we might have and the bad bits and the bad bits and we might have to redo stuff and then if she's not doing that she's replying to emails and you know just just keeping on top of the whole social media thing we've um we've created a bit of a monster danny where uh where um elena has to spend a lot of time keeping up with it all now and it's really hard in the Caribbean where there's, like, no internet. And if there is, it's in a little stingy cafe with chickens running around at dingy. your feet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can relate. I know that all too well. I just, um, like I said, I just came back from a month and a half in, uh, well, island hopping in, in Sumatra, around Sumatra. Uh-huh. So, yeah, good luck finding Wi-Fi out there. They just... Uh, they take an iPhone or something, and then they'll they'll try to make a network from their iPhone. But yeah, hotspot it. A little hotspot, yeah, but it'll it'll take about twenty minutes just to load Facebook or something like that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Awful. Yeah, I think you said something about that in one of your emails you sent us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so just to put this in perspective, so you're using the website Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com, and it's it's basically a, a platform where people can support creative artists for uh, video and art projects. How did you guys hear about this website? Um, actually, when so initially when I, I posted the first video, um, it was more for my friends and family back home just to see what I was sort of up to and. I actually had to convince Riley to let me post it. He was like, no, I don't want to do any of that. And I was like, oh, come on, Riley, like it'll be cool if everyone can see what we're doing. And so, you know, he gave in and um, and then all of a sudden we sort of got a lot of views on the video and people were saying like, how can I donate money to to help fund the rest of your adventure? And we had no way of, uh, we had no like, way of people to give us money really so um people were saying there's a site called patreon and you should sign up for it and we can donate per video and a few people actually commented and said that and then I looked at the site and I saw there was a fair few other um like independent artists on there so we signed up for that and then about a month later we had 500 American dollars per video and then 
it just kept going up and up and we, you know, we're so grateful for that. It's been like, it's been awesome. And, and now you're at the point where you're, you're getting almost uh, $2,300 per video that you create, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's been how long? About uh, six months or so since you created this page? Um, well, yeah, we started the YouTube site seven months ago and Patreon we only started in January this year. Wow. So, yeah, not too long ago. <laughs> You mentioned that things have been exploding lately. Um, was there a point when you just you hit the tipping point and you reached uh, um, when you realized that we can do this, that we can just kind of create videos and continue to support ourselves? I think so. Yeah, I think it was about a month ago. Okay. Yeah. What, what was that? What was that moment like? What happened? Um, well, we hit thirty thousand subscribers, and we were like, we were looking around at other YouTube. Um, people on YouTube and we were like, oh, okay, we're sort of above average here and we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of interest and people want to see more videos and, yeah, so we just thought we might be able to make something of this, I guess. <laughs> um, what, what kind of content do you find uh, your audience responds well to and um, what have been some of, like, the, the big wins in, in growing your, your network? Um, I think they like to see real stuff like um, me losing a fish or, you know, uh, funny stuff that's just it's not planned, it's not scripted. I think that's what our channel sort of has and that's what people appreciate. Um, Sorry, what was the other question? Uh, What what were some of the big wins as far as getting to uh, 30,000 subscribers? Um, but from what I understand, uh, I think people just like they like living vicariously through your journey and just kind of following along as you guys uh, travel. And it, would you say it's just word of mouth that people are, are sharing and, and help, helping to promote your adventure? Danny, uh, Elena just put this uh, video on on uh, YouTube and it just went absolutely crazy. And we had, you know, and then – and. So she was saying, oh, I'll, um, I'll put another one up and then I'll put another one up. And we were both sort of – I was starting to play – see, this is, this is very foreign to me. I don't understand this internet stuff. And Elena was sort of explaining it to me. Oh, we've got heaps of viewers and stuff. And, and I was sort of thinking, well, that's all well and good, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we've still got to sail around. <clears throat> and this might have been before we – signed up to Patreon or whatever, and then when we started making money, then I was like, all right, well, fair enough. And I, I think um, initially Elena would be sort of taking, like making a movie or, or doing some stuff, and I was sort of like, oh, well, you know, how about helping me clean the boat? And uh, <laughs> But now now it's a very, very different story. I'm, I'm all for it these days. It's hard to understand at first that you can just make money online that way. Like, you know, strangers will just give you money through the Internet if, if you've never experienced it before, right? Yeah, exactly. And so um, for me it's been difficult and Elaine has sort of dragged me kicking and screaming, but I'm, I'm sort of starting to wrap my head around it and I understand it a bit more now. But I suppose um, to be able to... Uh, completely trust it and and sort of just 
we're, we're absolutely stoked to just go with it now and we're just really happy um, seeing where it'll sort of take us. But, um, yeah, still also a little bit cautious insofar as uh, it's all happened so quickly it doesn't quite seem real to me just yet, Danny. Riley's like your grandparents when it comes to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Give him an iPhone and he'll look at it like it's an alien, like he just doesn't know much about that yet. <laughs> so the takeaway is uh, find a girlfriend who, who knows this stuff and she can do it for you. Yeah, well, the great irony, Danny, for me is I got the boat so I could sail away and go fishing in sort of far-off locations. And uh, now we're having to hang around on the internet. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of work. I mean, people, uh, I think the four-hour work week is definitely a myth. Um, if, if you really want to pursue your dream and just kind of go at it, you really have to be willing to invest everything you have, I think, all your time and energy. Otherwise, that's it's right. not going to work. Yeah, that's right. Sort of need a bit of balance. So we, <laughs> in a day, I'd probably do two or three hours of, of internet and sort of movie making. And then if I'm on the laptop for longer than that, Riley gets really annoyed and he's like, let's go fishing or let's go free diving. So, yeah, there's <laughs> there's been a bit of balance. But, you know, um, we see a lot of potential, um, like more so recently. So when we get back to the boat end of October, we're going to sort of push at it like and go real, go real hard, I guess. So you guys are kind of opposites in that respect and it, it balances out well. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I think so. Uh, tell me more about the, the viral video that you made. And I know that you guys were also on an Australian uh, TV show, uh, a talk show. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the, the video? What was it and uh, why did it go viral? What, what, was, what made it so successful? Well, to be honest... Uh... I didn't know much about YouTube when I posted it, so there's no sort of secret behind it. I just made a video and I titled it Sailing Around the World and uh, I wasn't expecting anything after posting it and within a few weeks it had like tens of thousands of views and and we were sort of like, what's going on here? And we sort of thought that it might have been the title, Sailing Around the World. Maybe a lot of people type that into Google or I'm not too sure, so... Yeah, that's what we think um, has happened, and that video has got over five hundred and thirty thousand views now. Five hundred and sixty thousand. I just checked it out. Oh, there you go. You got thirty thousand views uh, in the last day or two, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic, and that was in uh, November, right? So that was yeah, yeah, almost a year, uh, about eight months, seven, seven, eight months ago. Seven, yeah, seven months ago, I think. Uh, looking back, um, or, or looking forward, what, what would you do differently? Like, uh, and what advice would you give to people if they wanted to, um, kind of do what you're doing and, and travel and make videos? Um, imagine if, if, if Anna was sitting, our, our mutual friend Anna was sitting here and, and she wants to do what you're doing. Uh, what, what advice would you give to her <laughs> to, um, to make so videos and travel? Just be yourself. If you if you see an opportunity or you see or you have an idea, just go for it and give it a shot. Like you never know what might come of it. I had no idea, and and now we could actually be making a living from this. So just give it a try. Did Did you have a bit of a safety net when you joined uh, Riley on this trip? 
Uh, how do you, what do you mean? Um, did, did you have a bit of savings or did you, you just decide, uh, Riley said, you know, I'm, I'm traveling the world on a boat. Do you want to come? And you're just like, all right. Um, so, so I was in Greece actually playing music for a travel company. Okay. And um, no, I actually didn't have that much money at the time because I, I traveled Australia in my van. I was living in a van for about six months before I went to Greece to play music um, Greece wasn't a part of my plan, but I got a, an opportunity and, um, yeah, I signed a contract to play music for them and they flew me to Greece and I had the best summer and that's where I met Riley. Um, and then he asked me to come sailing with him and, uh, I didn't tell mom at first. I, um, <laughs> I quit my job. I only had two weeks left of the contract and I quit that and he was really happy for me. And I sailed around the rest of Greece with uh, Riley and then I went home and sold my van and I got a little bit of money from that. So, uh, no, I didn't have that much money when I left to sail with Riley. Um, but I'm making up for it now. I'm, I'm trying to, to get us some money. <laughs> Were there ever any fears for you when you started? Um... Like, am I going to be able to survive on on my own in the middle of the ocean? Uh, sorry, can you say that again? Oh, I, I'm sorry. Did, did you ever have any fears when you started out? Like, uh, were you ever worried about your own survival? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Being a girl living on a boat, it's, uh, it's a lot different from living on land. You don't have a nice big bathroom and stuff like that. It's just uh, it takes a while to get used to it. But... Yeah, the big sales and the overnight sales, they're quite scary. Um, but I put all my trust in Riley and whenever I saw him scared, you know, I was scared, but if but if he acted confident, I I felt okay about it. So it seems like you guys are already pretty open to to taking risks. I mean, you mentioned you traveled around Australia in the van. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think holds other people back? Uh, you know, what are they what fears hold them back? What are they afraid of? Like what would stop people from leaving on a journey like this? Well, I've just written a bit of a blog about this, Danny. Mm -hmm. It just, it seems to me whenever I talk about the boat, like people just immediately launch into a whole different list of reasons why they wouldn't go or conditions that they would dislike or like just a an amazing array of um, things that they would need to have on the boat before they left. So I don't know. There's just a little bit of uh, negativity around. I think that that just that people just yeah. I don't know. Just a, a lack of positive attitude. And, and you can make just about every excuse in the world to not leave on a certain trip or not buy a van and you know travel around you can just make you can make up anything you've just got to sort of do it and see what happens i just i'm reading your uh, your blog now actually and i noticed that you you say no i, I don't have rich parents uh, who bought me a boat to sail around the world in <laughs> is that like uh people people making accusations like that you're you must be rich or have a, a rich uncle or something like that a trust fund kid Trust that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I didn't even know what a trust fund kid was until uh, <laughs> we started making these YouTube videos. Someone asked me, well, he, I don't know, it's the name of some diamond or something, he, and he asked me if that was what was on Elena's wrist or something like that. Yeah, we get, we get <laughs> accused of that um, 
reasonably regularly. Now that we've got the um, website up and we're paying more attention to comments and stuff like that, we've we've like told the rest of our story and uh, and put, like so other people understand that and we get people sort of getting our back, so to speak, on the in the comment section. So that's good because we're not there to stick up for ourselves a lot of the time. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people just, uh, if you're doing something, if you're taking risks, uh, maybe they just, people get a bit envious and they, they, that they can't, they're not living their life the same way. And, and then, you know, a lot of people are, most people are really supportive, but then there's a few that are just kind of like bad apples, I suppose. Yeah, you're always going to get that. And it yeah. really doesn't worry us too much. But yeah, an unbelievable uh majority of comments of just people saying and that's sort of the really nice thing for me is when you get a uh someone who appears to be genuinely inspired and they're like uh you know that they'll, they'll just send you a really nice email and and it could be for anything you know either i'm gonna buy a yacht or i've just bought a yacht or or just look i've been putting it off but i'm going to go traveling now or, or something like that and we it's love just, that yeah that's actually really nice for us to read you feel like you're making a, a difference inspiring people oh uh, maybe yeah, yeah we do that would be nice yeah maybe. inspiring people to live life the way they want to i, I um, hope so yeah i i know the feeling when you get an email like that but it, it tends to be the I don't know, the criticism that keep me awake at night that I, I just uh, stress out over so much, even though there's there's so many more supportive comments than negative ones, obviously. But it's always... Don't like, let them get you down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, cool. So tell me more a bit about what your, your lifestyle has been like uh, over the last year. What have been some of the high points and the low points of this trip? All right, well, I'll take low points if you want to do high points, Alona. All right. <laughs> um, they're learning to sail on a boat. Um, I knew that it was going to be difficult. I was under no sort of illusions, but it was. It ended up being just about as difficult as I probably um, imagined that it might be. Um, learning on the fly does get fairly stressful your boats are just incredibly expensive and you always feel like when you're trying to get repairs done or something in a in a um in another country you're always getting ripped off and things are always falling apart and stuff like that language barriers yeah so i spent about three days trying to figure out what the word in italian was for um, mosquito wire, and I'll never forget, it's Zanzaria. So <laughs> just to get a small job done is just a huge effort when you're overseas. Um, and you're just constantly, yeah, trying to trying to do that stuff on the cheap whilst travelling around. And there's a couple of times when it all just got a little bit too much for me. Um, and then when Elena came on board and we were both sort of trying to get to know each other while spending 24 hours a day in, in each other's pockets on a small boat without any power or <laughs> what else were we lacking then? Mm-hmm. Power. We didn't have proper kitchen facilities. My boyfriend didn't know how to sail that well yet. 
Yeah. So. I had no clue how to sail. It was, yeah, it was a bit of a test, but I think we passed um, a year later. Yeah. I'll give us a tip for that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's been a lot of times I imagine that Elena probably had a couple of hard times during storms. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of scary times. But, but um, the good times. Yeah, let's get to that, hey. Um, the good times, we, we sort of like anchoring at a place where there's not many other people around and it's uh, secluded Some, most of the time um, on islands where there's no people or no buildings. That's our favourite sort of thing where we can go fishing and spearing. and Fish, where there's fish, mate. We love uh, – Elena's very good at spear fishing. So I'm all right. I'm, I'm okay. And, yeah, we, we just love going and catching fish. So, yeah, that's been, that's been a highlight, eating fish and spearing fish. That's what we love to do. Um, what about crossing the Atlantic? The Atlantic crossing, that was a – that was a big one. I wasn't too sure if I was gonna if I was gonna do that trip. It can take up to twenty two days to cross the Atlantic for a boat our size. So once I heard that and Riley was pretty keen to do it, I was like, Oh Riles, like I don't know if I'll go. And he was like, That's okay, you can just meet me there. But as we got closer and closer to Cape Verde off the coast of Africa, you meet more sailors and they do the trip every year, so or every three, few years. So um I became more confident and I ended up doing that trip and that was one of the best one of the best sails we've had. It was actually fairly easy, surprisingly. Well tell me more about that trip. What was it what was it like? I mean, what did you spend your time doing? What was the I, I don't know, because when I went on uh, a cargo I, I went on a cargo ship recently, uh, traveling to some islands and I remember just waking up at like 4.30 in the morning and just watching the sunrise on the ocean. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the Atlantic Crossing, uh, for me it was such an amazing experience and and the time went very quickly. So, mm. so Riley did a five-hour shift and then uh, Riley's cousin Jack actually joined us and he did a five-hour shift and then I had a two-hour shift. And... Um, so, yeah, I had the shorter shift on watch sailing, so that gave me a bit more free time and I cooked all the meals for the boys. So that was really good. We read a lot of books and just played a lot of jokes on each other. Time went faster. Um, what else happened? Oh, we caught a fair few fish. Yeah, we caught a lot of fish, luckily, because I didn't pack that much food. <laughs> Yes, and so uh, you mentioned, Riley, right, you went from a partier to uh, a sailor, right? So um, what did you, you went from drinking beers to reading books, would you say? Yeah. I um, read a lot of books now. <laughs> yeah, I, I can sort of relax now because I feel like I've got it um, under control. Uh, but certainly initially it just really, really wasn't working out. Like we're, It's just everything's just that much more difficult and if you've got to wake up and you're hungover and you're trying to sort of plan where you're going to next. And you just can't do it hungover. Yeah, or I can't. <laughs> I know I've seen other people do it and they still get there but I'm, I'm a bit sort of like, oh, if I crash this boat, that's going to be the end of me. Um, <laughs> and a lot of other, especially early, um, well, no, the whole time, we really can't afford to 
tear a sale or something like that because you can really see the impact on the on the bank account. So you just got to play things a bit more uh, carefully, be a little bit smarter about it. But yeah, that was certainly by the time I was in Montenegro, I I had figured out that they really didn't um, pair up well with each other, the parting and and the boat. Before I was on board, Danny, when he'd have a friend come over and stay on the boat, he used to drop the anchor when they got to a new spot and jump in the tender and just drive into drive into town and go straight to the pub <laughs> and not even check if the anchor was holding. <laughs> Didn't you? Yeah, that's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> so would you say this journey has changed you for the better? Oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, yep. I think so. I think it definitely has. I think we've learnt a lot and... Certainly learnt a lot. Learnt a lot about each other. We're in each other's face for... By the time the by the time I'd sort of crossed the Atlantic, you can sort of look back and that is... we. I, I didn't think so much of it at the time, but looking back, that's a pretty... Awesome achievement, and I think um, I said to like Mum was like, "Oh, you need to be very careful and rah rah." And I said, "Well, yeah, thousands and thousands of people do it every year." And then Mum actually looked up the statistic of how many people did it, and then she figured it out as to how many people in the world have done it. Oh, sorry, how many people are in the world and then how many people across the Atlantic and then, like, figured out a percentage and it was, like, <laughs> 0.000 something. So she's like, yeah, I still think it's a really good achievement, Riley, and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that was pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, so so even though there's thousands of people, it's still, like, a 0.001%, something like that? Yes, that was the point that she was trying to make to me. Oh, I see. Yeah, I remember when I, I did I did my uh, motorbike trip across Vietnam. Um, my friend was I was going to write a, something about it in my book, and uh, my friend's like, "Well, lots of people do that, you know. Lots of people make that motorbike trip." But I'm like, "Yeah, but it's it's still so small. It's still like 001 percent of the overall population. That to most people, it's it's still pretty incredible, and uh, it certainly shouldn't yeah. take anything away from your achievement." Yeah, well, I think you'd get along well with my mum, Danny. <laughs> I think you think alike, <laughs> but I, I think those those types of trips are definitely the most rewarding. Um, you know, when, whenever I'm traveling uh, on a bicycle or motorbike across country, it's just so off the beaten path, and, and you explore and discover so many unique things. And if you would, if if you were just following some set itinerary, right? That's right, definitely. Yeah. That's yeah, couldn't agree more. And that's when when we get away from civilization, and uh, we're we're in these sort of wild islands, or there's been some really bad weather or something. And yeah, just when we're in the middle of nowhere, that's that's what I really enjoy. That's why I got the boat. Yeah. What are what's the most unique thing that you've seen, or the strangest thing that you've seen? Strangest the, the, thing. The whales and the chimps all have the fight. Oh, yeah. Wow. We were sailing out of the BVIs and we saw, like, it must have been a feeding frenzy of huge tuna and there were thousands of tuna jumping out of the water and, and whales were chasing them. 
It was just incredible. Yeah, I don't know if the whales were chasing the tuna or the tuna were chasing <laughs> birds or something, but it was just going absolutely crazy. The water, the water was just bubbling. Yeah. And, there, yeah, there was millions of fish and birds and all sorts going on. We've seen seen. some incredible things in the water and we had these whales chasing us from the Canary Islands to Cape Verde. We had a a wave that was fairly big waves and three huge whales um, following the boat for about half an hour and one surfed surfed inside the wave behind the boat and it just looked crazy. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. (laughs) That was off the uh, coast of Africa, right, Cape Verde? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, And I'd say another thing too, um, on the Atlantic crossing one morning I saw the moon and so the moon was setting and the sun was about to rise but the moon was huge. It was bright and orange and about the size of a tennis ball up in the sky. I've never seen anything like it so that was really cool. Oh, I love it. Those are the moments that really make you feel alive and uh, just kind of connected to the whole universe and the world, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, and we tend to forget that when we're just kind of uh, spinning the wheels and dealing with our own issues all the time, and not really getting out and exploring the world. I think that's right. Well, we've been yeah. we've been in Perth for a few weeks now, and I haven't even seen the sunset yet. <laughs> it's a bit sad. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, because I'm indoors now, I just don't um, I just don't pay any attention to the weather. Like. I'm not outside. Like if I'm outside, I rarely do I look up. Or if it's if it's if if I'm sitting down somewhere and I'm outside and the wind blows, I still sort of sit up straighter and look around a bit. But it's it's a lot different to when you're properly out out there amongst it and the weather has such an impact on your life or your comfort levels in mm, particular. We definitely miss it. Yeah, so you guys are taking a break for uh, a few months now, and you're you're going to restart your journey in October. Uh, yeah, has it been difficult making the transition to uh, a sedentary life in Perth? We thought it would be, yeah, but we've been here for two weeks now, and we've adjusted quite well. Um, we've got a few friends here, so it's been really good visiting friends and family while we're back. I needed a break, mate. I was sick to death of that boat. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it we we were we were due for a break, so it was good to um, good to be able to get off for a while. But then you know, almost immediately, you oh, I would love to be back out there again already, and it's only been a couple of weeks. But it it, it is definitely nice to uh, have two feet on uh, solid ground for a little while. It is like going to the supermarket takes us two seconds rather than like half a day on the boat sometimes, you know. Yeah, or trying to cook, even just to try and cook breakfast or something like that. It just takes so long on the boat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, what else do you guys do to occupy your time? I mean, you mentioned uh, fishing and uh, some other stuff. On the boat, sorry, yeah. or on land? Uh, just, just on the boat. On the boat, we play chess sometimes. Um, When we're sailing and if we're on a pretty big lean, we can't do much. So, yeah, that's when we play chess. We talk a lot, um, read books. I know how to annoy Alona pretty good. (laughs) Um, Read read books. Uh, A lot of the time we're not actually sailing like – 
hard or more so in in the Caribbean because the islands Mm. are so close together. The biggest sail, the forty miles, forty miles is the average distance between islands. It's a pretty good spot to learn. So yeah, Uh, so we'll do we'll so particularly uh, the last little bit that we've done. It'll just be like a nice little, and this is just the Caribbean has just been so good for us. Oh, coconuts! It's hot. Fish, sun, water, um, weather's unbelievable. Yeah, rum has been good, (laughs) and um, enough enough time so you can spend a fair bit of time uh, on land. So you can you sail somewhere and sail all day and then get there and then head into town or cook a bit of feed and then head into town and go for a walk around that evening at like on a different island. So um, the last sort of probably five months or six months or something, we haven't spent like we've been on the boat all the time sort of thing, but we've also been able to stretch our legs when we need to. Yeah, it's been good. Oh, it sounds so exciting. I'm ready to, to come join you guys out there in the Caribbean now after listening. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully uh, the listeners have, have been inspired uh, by your story as well. Um, I just had a couple of questions before I, I close up. Uh, I wanted to ask you, how, how do you guys manage your finances while you're traveling around? Can you give me some uh, insights? Uh how do you, how do you mean like uh, um, like what? a budget or yeah like budget like like what what are your costs and what costs are involved I mean I know a boat is is usually expensive to maintain um, but but realistically have you have you set like a, a some kind of budget up or, or some kind of system that works for you No, we're too unorganized <laughs> um, we don't have a budget we we can really uh, penny pinch when we need to so. We'll um, oh, there, there's a whole heap of different things that we that we do. Like we try not to eat out and all that sort of stuff. We live really cheaply on the boat. We don't actually, uh, you know, have a weekly budget and only spend that amount. Because one week you might need to fix a rudder, and the next week you might be at a secluded island and only spend, you know, fifty dollars for the whole week on food. Or we eat a lot of fish. We, we eat try a lot to of catch, fish. Catch the fish. <laughs> And, eat them, and that seems to save us a fair bit of money. But yeah, as long as you've got money uh, for repairs, uh, that's that's the main thing, and you can pretty much live very cheaply. Just food and checking in and out, um, customs like Sustinia every now and then. Rice, we eat a lot of rice. <laughs> that's pretty cheap. <laughs> I mend my own clothes. Me too, not. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we don't really have a budget, Danny. Okay. Cool. I wouldn't know. Everyone. <laughs> Elaine is pretty good on spreadsheets. We're getting there. I've heard, you know, stories when I travel of, of people who are traveling by boat and just uh, catching fish and just selling fish and supporting themselves that way. But I've, I've never actually been able to talk directly to uh, a couple like you guys who have actually been sailing around the way that you have and, and pick their brain this way. So I'm... I uh, just, just wanted to thank you guys for coming on this uh, call and just uh, letting me pick your brain and sharing your story with us for uh, the last 45 minutes now. No worries, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time to interview us, Mike. Cheers. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, so what are your plans for the future, and how long do you guys see yourself doing this? Do you feel like... Um, uh, do you feel like you can go back to your former life, or have your, have your long-term life plans changed now? 
We've got big ideas for the future. We um well, if if I needed to, um, I could I could go back working again. I used to like uh, working away, but if I could avoid it by say, if if everything kept going the way that it was, um, Elena and I would be able to keep travelling indefinitely, and that would just be, well, that'd just be ridiculous, wouldn't it? That'd be so amazing. We want to live, we want to live the rest of our lives on the sailboat. That's the dream. And the way you guys are going, it seems like it's possible because uh, you've gotten so much attention from this trip and I think it's just opened up a world of opportunities for you. I think so too and it's just the beginning, so we're hoping for... Yeah, but I don't want to say it out loud because I'm scared that I'm going to jinx it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, best of luck to both of you and and thank you so much. Uh, Hopefully you can inspire other people to realise that, you know, this is possible and... uh, you know, just make that, that leap, just, just go after it, whatever it is. Yeah, I hope so. So is there anything you guys wanted to uh, say before we close up here? Um, Should we say check out the website and that sort of stuff? Yeah. Well, you can, you can have a look at actually what we're doing. If Danny doesn't put it up there himself, which I'm sure he would. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, have a look at our videos if you like, and uh, watch our mistakes. And yeah, no, I think I think we've covered everything, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah. So that website is sailing la la vagabond vagabond with an e dot com. That's right. Sailing la vagabond dot com. Sailing la vagabond dot com. And uh, thank you guys again, and uh, best of luck. Let's keep in touch. Thanks a lot, Danny. Cool, mate. Thanks for the call. Thank you so much. Bye. See ya. See ya.